All right, so first episode of the Tipsy Tetra podcast with you guys, Sam Hodge from the Reaporium. <laughs> I think that's going to be a recurring theme. That's I think that is going to be a highly recurring thing. I think that's a that's an occupational hazard. Um, you're leaning because I make sure it's picking you up. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting used to it first. Yeah, but either way. Um, so what kind of got you into hobby? Let's start there. What's the what's the timeline here? Um, ironically, the thing that got me in the hobby is the thing that I warn people about the most, and that's. I was a teenager at a big chain pet store who didn't know anything about fish, and I was selling fish, and that really bothered me that I was selling them without knowing anything. So um, I actually kind of switched gears. I was originally a big uh, reptile person, was really, really into snakes, uh, geckos, um, also various amphibians, Um, but snakes were really, really my passion at the time, and after a while of just you know, selling people fish and not knowing anything started bothering me. So, um, you know, I decided like anybody, I was going to start with a little beta tank. Uh, yeah. I, I'd kept a beta in the past. I knew what I was doing, I right? Yeah, there was one that I had in the bowl. So I, I, I knew what I was doing. Um, I did. Uh, and I think that's pretty common for a lot of people at first. And I think that's how we all get into it. But yeah, so after pretty much just getting into that little beta tank. That was kind of my first little proving ground. Got myself a decent little bioactive plant soil. Um, mm-hmm. Threw a really crappy LED on the light or on the tank, but it really didn't matter because chocolate filled with uh, swords and, and crypts and everything kind of took off for me. I actually really, really enjoyed that tank and it was pretty flawless up until uh, I just happened to introduce ick and tried to heat treat it and uh, as it turns out the rasboras I had did not like being treated with heat and they all got off pretty quick and that was the end of that tank. No, yeah. And that's a that's a quick common way that people get into hobby. Speaking of heaters though, so context I just we had a power outage here last night. Uh yeah actually for so a long time. I replaced that down there because I had to block one of my other tanks. I had one of those uh, I won't say a brand name but it's one of the nicer titanium like regulated heaters mm-hmm. I, power comes back on and i shit you not i hear a pop and i see smoke come out from under my my tank the fucking heat regulator it fucking explodes really on a titanium heater yeah that's actually really surprising yeah. uh typically titanium heaters although the, i will say titanium heaters are more dangerous they're under most circumstances more reliable yeah well and, and just it, it was that uh, cheaper because I opened it up and the field I'm going into, I could see that it was like assembled. <laughs> not <laughs> great. Lackluster. Okay. Electrical electronic safety was not at the forefront of someone's mind when assembling this uh, this little heater, this little doodad. Uh yeah, you know what? I think that honestly kind of touches on something good that I warn a lot of people about is uh, if you're messing with tank heaters, um, I'd argue that's probably the most likely piece of equipment on any tank to fail on a day-to-day basis. And it's one of the more catastrophic things that can fail because we don't see it at first. And um, a lot of people that have their heaters go out in the summertime and we don't notice it up until the winter time. So we don't know how long the heater has been out. 
but get into the habit of replacing your heater every year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have one of those big, you know, name heaters that's going to cost you like a hundred dollars, um, if you feel more confident in those, you know, you don't think you need to replace them every year, then don't. But I would still highly encourage uh, finding a third-party um, kind of just uh, what's the word I'm looking for thermostat. Yes. To monitor. Yes, absolutely. Because heaters are just, they're the most likely thing to nuke a tank at the end of the day. I hear a lot of people like say like, oh, the thermos, uh, you know, even a glass one. Oh, it's not necessary. It's like, I would, in any heated tank. Yeah, I mean, it's very necessary. (laughs) It's as unnecessary as like a light is for a tank. Like, you don't have to have a light on there to make it run, but it makes things run a little smoother if you have a light. Well, I would say it's go as far as say it's like, well, yes, speedometer is not necessary on your car, but yeah, you're gonna get pulled over by Randy Orton a telephone pole and yeah, no, we don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that I can think almost every major failure I've had in a tank has involved the heater. I mean, I, you know, I told you about my main reef tank. That first failure I had with it was a uh, heater went out simultaneously with the furnace in my house going out. Uh, you know, funny that you say that because. My first ever reef that crashed, which is actually why I don't really currently have a true reef tank going. I, I mean, I have it going, but it's really just fish only at this point. But I had um, kind of polar opposite of you where my heater was fine, but my AC in my house went out <clears throat> on what happened to be the hottest day of this year. Yeah. It was actually one of the hottest days we've had in a few years. Wow. And yeah, no, my tank shot up to um, the highest I saw it was at 96. And I was I was desperate. I started freezing freezing water bottles. Oh my god. And putting the water bottles in my tank. And after putting three or four water bottles in there, letting them sit for like over an hour, I come back and look and it went from ninety-six to ninety-four. And I was officially <laughs> like, Yep, all hope is lost. Everything's already dead as far as the world is over. Yeah, lost all battery. inverts immediately like self-imploded. I had one anemone that really, I thought he was going to come back. He was pulling through pretty hard, and then he just slowly fizzled away. And yeah, no, it was, that's all she wrote. So <laughs> she wrote, I lost everything. But um, that's that's just a taste of reefing. That's yeah. that's going to happen to any hobbyist at some point. Um, whether you know it be that catastrophic, you lose every single coral, or you know every single fish. Yeah, I mean, I could, I mean, hell, I could probably point out a lot of failures that people didn't realize were failures, but I could tell you that if you didn't do it, you would have been able to find something else that was more effective. Uh-huh. Uh, just five minutes later, man, check out this cool algae I got in my tank. Like, what? 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 <laughs> what? All right. <laughs> you mean like macroalgae? You got like a macro reaction? It's like, no, it's just cool red stuff. I'm like, uh, nah. What? <laughs> I mean, nah, I'm talking, that's, that's from experience. I had somebody come up and say that to me. It's like, you know, if you find it cool, I'm not knocking you. I think bubble algae can look really cool. That's a fair statement. Um, you know, when there's trash and when there's treasure, let's look at Calerpa. Yeah. How many people hate Calerpa, but then how many eyeballs do we have that have Calerpa reefs? Or hell, even you have Calerpa in your tank. Yeah, that's accidental. Yeah, you. I think you'd fall into the category but, of people who probably dislike it more. No, 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 no. No, no. I think oh, the yeah. fact that the way it can, like, grow across the live rock... Is and I can manage it with snippers and just it's not that hard to remove. I think it looks really cool if you keep it in control. If you keep it in control and uh, it could be used like a, almost as a control method itself. A lot of times, a nice thick mat of algae will 
stop a uh, green star pop from taking over. It the fills dead space. It does fill dead space. It's not like gross like turf algae. It's actually looks like something you would like dive underwater. It's like, hey, there's some, some leaves on a tree. Well, it, it's, it adds a whole new dynamic to the tank, especially if you have a lot of um, invertebrates. It's like grass, or not grass, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, crabs, um, shrimp, or if you do have grasses, um, angelfish, they're all very curious animals, and they you'll notice they really have in that out and they really hang out and look at it and it, it's a little more uh, natural I'd say here's, here's some uh, oh, yeah. ner- or what's, what's the word I'm looking for uh, uh, st- stimulation yeah because I mean I don't think a cl- I don't think a cl- truly clean reef is anything like nature like I think to an extent yeah but like there's always going to be out I mean it's part um, of the balance right? I mean uh, you know I guess what do you consider clean and what do we consider too clean you know like Clean to like the point that there's not a spot out to get everything okay. steam. Now, for if, if we're on that note, that would get me to the topic of I dislike ultra low nutrient reefs. I don't think they look oh. good. I don't. Have a cold that's gonna be in that Who's that? Oh, that's true. He's low he is low nitrate gang, but I'm talking like the ultra low nutrient, ultra low phosphate, ultra low everything where. You have these, especially, you'll have a lot of um, your acro guys do it, your SPS guys who have a strict sticks tank, and it's an ultra-nutrient stick tank, and in my personal opinion, most of those tanks, the corals end up looking really muted and have this weird, like, almost like a pastel color to a lot of them. They grow like crazy. This, I don't know. I just never think they look quite right. Right there, that's a couple months of growth. It's starting to frag like the size of a coin. I think you have the perfect combination of you have, uh, I guess, what we'd call almost clean, dirty. You have the perfect amount of everything, so much so that you're even able to have great success with sticks. Um, sticks are the, you know, acros, if you don't understand what I'm saying by sticks. Acroporas are notoriously difficult to take care of, for those of you who don't know. Uh, there isn't, but I mean, there's, I can see at least six, seven sticks in there that are all doing well. I've got like the red planet, that weird tort, some tenuous, some OC rainbow. Like, well, the, so those are there on the frag, right? So I'll, I'll make sure that when I edit this and throw it on YouTube, I'll show up, throw up a photo of my tank. Uh, I've got a frag rack where I went to a really cool local store. Guy brought a bunch of frags of Acro in that were looking kind of rough. So they were really cheap. So I picked them up, and it turns out there it's rainbow and indo, just some like assorted Indo acro, and it's coloring up nice. Like those start off as like bleach white, like they're getting blue, pink, green when you look under the blue. So eye. with acros, I'm not sure if you've ever heard this, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this like I know so much about acros. I'm think, far from being an I feel acro. Like the most hobbyists that do acros, we <laughs> all pretend that we know a bunch about acros, but it's like it's like I, it's always it's like. Yeah, this is an utter dragging chaos. Let's start off by saying I've killed more SPS than I've kept SPS alive. (laughs) But um, I think a lot of times with acros, especially when we cut them, we're expecting the uh, frag to look instantly great. And when I say instantly great, uh, I mean really not so instantly. A lot of times we're expecting, well, it's been cut for two or three weeks. Why does it look like it did before? Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of your acros lose a lot of that initial color whenever they're encrusting and they'll start um 
they'll start encrusting before they start sending out branches and they'll encrust, they'll put all their energy into encrusting. And until they have a thick base encrusted onto the rock uh, underneath them, they really don't color up much until that. You know, you'll, you'll kind of get a muted acro and then once it's established itself and thrown that thick base, that's when they really put a lot of their energy into color. Um, and that could be translated to a lot of corals, I think. Mm -hmm. I just think we really notice it more with acros because um, just any kind of stick, SPS or anything like that is kind of instant gratification with growth. growth. We can see that growth potentially in two months. Uh, so it's much easier to kind of map compared to some LPS. Yeah. So speaking of time frames, like, so I'll, I'm going to move briefly with LPS. One thing I've noticed recently is uh, this is coming from a point like I'm fairly new to reef keeping. I've got a pretty cool, I would like to think a fairly cool setup. Uh, for being a reefer that, have you tested the reefing for a year yet? Yes. For being a one year reefer, uh, you have a tank that a lot of experienced hobbyists would have and consider very successful. Um, you know, other than, you know, like random little problems that any of us will have in that first year of a reef tank being set up, you know, yeah. some algae popping up here and there. Really, I'd say you're pretty successful, all things considered. I mean, successful enough where you would put, you know, some higher-end stuff in there and feel confident that it won't. I'll tell you what, buying that dragon soul I've got in my tank was a stressful experience. It, I'm not going to go saying any dollar amounts because that's not what we're here to do. But uh, he also has some pretty high-end, like, meat corals. Now, those aren't the most sensitive coral in the and world. Cancer too. And cancer too. And cancer yeah. Yeah, so uh, do some Googling, do some research on some high-end meats, and you'll kind of see some of, like, you know, some of the potential prices for some of them. Uh, this one isn't quite this high, but some of them will go for, a, you know, anywhere from a grand to two grand if uh, you're looking in the right or wrong places. And I will say, uh, worth every penny. It's 100% worth every single penny. It's a nice instant gratification coral because you always get them really big. They're and so dramatic about feeding too. Oh yeah, they throw you like put a little food in one, all of a sudden they're throwing these tentacles out and they're wrapping up around. It's like what the heck? Yeah, and uh, even like I don't know if this is really good for them or not, but I've even seen some uh, sexy shrimp post them, which is kind of funny. That's hilarious. Um, but I don't know how much the coral likes that. I know if they have a lot of like, if it were a peppermint shrimp, I'd be a lot more worried. But a sexy shrimp is. A lot less devastating on any coral. Yeah, they're cool too. I'd say my favorite shrimps the harlequins though, like hundred percent. Harlequins, um, it's a little bit of a gimmicky shrimp for me, but I it's one of those things where I can't deny the appeal of it. When it looks that good and to have such a weird little niche of eating starfish, I'm really into well, niche things, I so like, I can appreciate it. Like you and I both done at the store, like we can grab an ad and like we'll feed it the starfish. I'll just grab them out of your hand. Oh yeah, yeah, just do a little aspirin or something. Or like we had that, um, <laughs> we had a file fish, um, it was kind of a mistake, we had a file fish bite off the leg of a larger uh, serpent star. They got separated after this, but we just took that leg and like, it was a huge leg. We were able to move that leg to like seven or eight different shrimp, <laughs> just doing that. And it was, you know, it's just a weird thing that you can show people. Yeah, it is so weird, but it's neat. That's a fine bit. Yeah, don't ever make the mistake of getting a file fish unless 
you're willing to lose something. <laughs> yeah, like, or if you just have a tank that is so ridiculously big, it couldn't cause any issues in there. And I'm saying so ridiculously big. I'm talking like probably past like the 500 club, like bigger than that even. Um, a small file fish can really do some damage on a big tank. I mean, which I mean, we personally observe. I won't say what tank and where, but a tank that we are constantly in close proximity to. Yes. Yes. Currently being harassed by filefish. Uh, we really kind of had to make the decision of do we want Aptasia or do we want Zoas? We couldn't have both. We couldn't, and the filefish kind of let us know. And those same filefish turned on um, a few SPS. I will say the SPS is recovering fast enough yes, where it, like, it actually looks like we might have something going on. In this there. specific tank we're discussing, it's working there. Plus, they look great in there. The file, like they look healthy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah, they yeah, clumped up and like they're that, they're so active. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I always thought they were like one of those fish that they're just kind of there, but I was so wrong because they're so spunky. Yeah. No. Not to bring that up. I see what you mean. Uh, there's a lot of. I guess that could fall into a lot of people just don't put them in big enough tanks yeah, to really yeah. get that behavior out of them. Because mm -hmm. um, uh, they're just a curious fish. They're, they're, they're always looking around. They're more focused on the utility of the fish than actually putting yes. them in tank. Yes, yes, absolutely. Which is, I, I don't agree with. Like, I would say the same thing about like copper bandits. Like, a lot of people buy those like for the utility, put them in way too small of a tank. It's like, oh, yeah, well, let's just grow it out. And then it just, you know. I agree and disagree with you um once it, I, I disagreed entirely at first if anyone see technology I, I understood what you're saying but i'm also a firm believer of i really like having fish that are both that provide both beauty and function yeah i, I that's i wasn't i wasn't dissing that but i'm talking about people that like come in like i have a 30 gallon it has aptasia i really like copper band except when they're putting their fix or not even that they don't like it it's just like i don't want to file fish giving some of each aptasia Right. It's like when you haven't even put in the effort to like research beforehand. And like, yeah. uh, I think Aptasia is one of the things in the hobby that we really need to really need to find more things that eat them. But the problem is everything that eats them, since they're an anemone, they typically eat a lot of the stuff we love. <laughs> yeah. And I think people need to also learn about their chance over Aptasia. I had a really big Aptasia in my tank for two years. Yeah, I had the same one for two years. He came and I bought some Maximos off of, um, I won't say where I got them off of, but I bought some baby Maximos. The, one of them came in with an Aptasia on it. Uh, I didn't want to do anything about it because I was more concerned about the baby Maxima that was uh, with it. And I was like, you know what? Worst case scenario, I take out the Maxima and get rid of the Aptasia. Well, that wasn't the case. The Aptasia moved not even 15 minutes after I put that clam in there. Uh, the Aptasia was on my rockscape, and it was like, boom, right there. I was committed to it. And I just I took the role of never doing anything to it. I didn't touch it. I didn't really mess with it. I never wanted to get it off. It got crazy huge. actually looked really cool. And it did look cool when they get there. Yeah, it did awesome. <laughs> it was great. I, I, you know, I never fed him or anything. He just kind of got food on his own, and he never split for me. Uh, so I think Aptasia uh, it can be managed with stability. Because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I mean, I have an Aptasia, I, I agree, but have you seen the one at, in one of the troughs that gave a really big one? 
It's like grown under it. Yeah. It's so cool. It is, it's impressive. It's got stripes though. But I just don't get that. But this one is like really prominent. Right? Yeah, and it's definitely not one of the curly cues because curly cues kind of have those stripes. But this is like this is for sure not Asian. This yeah, is yeah, a yeah. weird one. Um, I don't. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I feel like it's one of those things people like hate them because they're a pest. And like, yeah, I get that. But if you step back, take the fact that it's like in your tank or it's a pest, and like if you can just observe it from appreciating the nature. It's super fascinating because think about anemones. A lot of them are just super sensitive, really need a lot of maintenance, you know, kind of organism. You have this little freaking anemone that propagates like nothing else. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a fair way to go with it. It's like just. I think people get aphasia off of like almost completely dried pieces of live. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. And that's... Literally, dude, like I had a piece of dry rot that I had live rot that I was transferring over to another tank. It's like that for two hours. And there's just this plump little aphasia just sitting there, just kind of. You're kind of hope noob, yo. Right? <laughs> well, it was like literally in a puddle that was just there was this divot in the live rock that was holding the water. Oh. Uh, so I was like, out this way and just kind of sitting on this little divot. It's like, you know, happy. not going anywhere. Huh. It was hilarious. Um, I'm one of those weird people. I'm obsessed with Majano anemones. I think they're the coolest thing. I'm obsessed with anemones in general. I think anemones for me are really like the pinnacle yes. of the reef. I say that like, you know, like I, I have some big authority on it, but that's, I, I think more people would honestly say that anemones get a little boring at times, mm. but for me, anemones are, that's the stuff. I mean, they're awesome. They're annoying, but they're awesome. Um, I'm not going to say they're not annoying. I, like mine, <laughs> I, I do. You can see like mine, that nice bubble tip I have, it, like I said, I'll post my tank, but Every time I have, like, the, it just goes behind the rock. Well, that's what I was going to say. One of the most frustrating things is you have this giant, beautiful bubble tip that's only observable from, like, almost the back half of your head. Yep. You can't even see it. What is perfectly happy. You cannot see this bubble tip whatsoever from the front of his tank, and it's huge. And really, it's not in that hidden of a spot. It just isn't good enough to view from the front panel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll panic when I'm sitting here at my desk. Like, I'll be sitting there, I'm like, Right, right. So I'll be like panicking, like, oh no, like literally it's a orange Picasso freaking clown face is gone. And they could just poke their head out like hey. That's one thing I'm still trying to decide on is what do I want to do for clownfish in my new tank that I set up eventually? Because like I Mocha Storm. Mocha Storm. See, I'm still stuck on I love Mocha Storm. I'm still really, really stuck on getting away from Oscillators altogether and not going to superfluous. No, I don't like pig skunks. Maroons. Maroons. I do like maroons. Maroons are kind of puppy dogs. They just have so much personality to them. They're just they can be gnarly when they go after each other. Yeah, that's the problem. Like I'm working with the, the intended tank size I'm gonna do is a 33 long. Mm. And skunks would be cool. Skunks I think would do more justice in that tank. They're unique. I don't think many as many people keep skunks well, as they the, do. Like, the only problem I have is. In my brain, I really want to see a giant harem of pink skunk clownfish, and I mm. I want like five or six of them, and I don't know how well that would do in a thirty long. So I probably can't justify that. So can you do a clown? Do they work like the other clowns? The they work like yeah, any clown will do a harem, other than like well, actually I can't say any clown because I I don't think a tomato or a cinnamon or a maroon would do it very well. Dude, uh, do you not remember we had? 
I this may have been before you worked at the store. But I was a customer, but I was also so before I worked at Hulu, I was one of those people that's like, oh my god, software is terrible. I'll never do it. It's so expensive and so much work. Uh, then I got a hold of. But no, after well, it was more that like you and a bunch of other total people and you could ask for certain software things. No, peer pressure's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but no, what I was gonna say is we. With tomatoes, tomatoes can get big, or uh, I'm sorry, maroons, or tomatoes too, they can get big. I had a customer bring in, it was a solid six inches. I mean, like, I've seen, like, like some, like, smaller Oscars the size of this clownfish. It was big enough to where if it bit you, you were going to have, like, a lot of blood blood drawn. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, no, that's why I don't think they would necessarily work in a harem. But pink skunks do awesome in harems. That was really well, really, the moral of the story. I was at Modern Aquatics the other day, and they had a tomato that was like, that, like as big as like the center of my palm. And what's up, uh, that's actually another store. I'll give a little shout out to is Modern Aquatics. Oh, another little good indie store, uh, right up there with the Reef. It's good places. Go to both. As employees of the Reef, we can't fully endorse it, but yes, we do. Oh no, as an employee of the Reef, I'm always going to say go to the Reef. Um, that's 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 my bread and butter. That's my yeah. that's the, my steez, and I think that's Indiana's. What I'll say about it, Indiana's Aquarius. <laughs> well, I'll say Indiana's becoming one of the better states to be a fish keeper in. Because yeah, the yeah. reef covers, you know, we cover a lot of things, but I feel like we've there's this nice like level in the market right now where nobody's close that we're anybody's stepping on each other's toes. If we don't have it, somebody does. Every everybody's covered. Well, and I think with Indiana's um uh, aquarium hobby it, you know we kind of have the benefit of being the crossroads of america mm-hmm. we get a lot of traffic from my meat clothes take that shit get a lot of traffic from kentucky we get a lot of traffic from various states oh yeah. your meat clothes taking the shit but yeah i think that's a big part of it i mean think about i mean wait but like one thing i'll like i'll go into other like stores like modern and it's like there's never like I could be wearing my reef hat. It's not like, oh, that's like, oh, cool. There's no gross competitor. We all recognize each other and we all appreciate each other for what we We're do. We're all hobbyists. Well, and like, that's the thing. There's no grudges between any of the stores, really. You know, it, it's not like, you know, employees from the reef are going to hate employees from modern because at the end of the day, we're all gonna enjoy each other for what it is. You know, it's it's a hobby at the end of the day, and that's what it we are. So so awesome. That's what we're here to enjoy. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it's crazy the amount of people you meet. You will if you get into reefing and really get into like any kind of not even just reefing, freshwater is uh, just as good for them. You will meet some characters. I mean the, oh, the yeah. people this hobby attracts. It comes from every corner of the world. I mean it, it's you know low income people, high income people, you know people of any race, you know any personality type. There's no real demographic for reefing. And it, it brings a lot of people together mm-hmm. who would never have a reason to be together. A lot of people who would never be able to find common grounds to talk on. It gives so many people that common grounds where it's nice because no one's better than each other at it either. It's, it's, it's a hobby of um, opinions and things like that. So it, it's just, you know, it, if, you, if you do it more in person, it, it becomes a real family aspect. If you do it on yeah. the internet, it becomes a uh, place for people to belittle you. <laughs> and it's not always in a bad way. Like, I'm going to say right now, I hope, uh, I've been admin on great Discord server, which I will link, um, where I can have a yes, yes. Uh, called the Aquarium Community. That's a fair statement. Where 
about, we wish it went over 3,000 members. Nice. I actually did not know that. I'm not very active on any. You need to get on there more. You need. There's a couple. I'm awful. There's specifically a guy I'll give it. There's a guy called Moonfruit. I think on Instagram it's Moonfruit.777Reef. Felix, this dude has one of the most insane SPS dominant. Like, I believe you've shown me some of his stuff. Very, very impressive. Very clean, like, just good looking stuff from what you've shown me. But, like, that's what one thing I was just going to say about, like, we don't allow belittling in the server, but, like, there's a big difference. There's a big difference um, between, like you said, constructive criticism. It, you know, yeah, yeah. I think we all get a bad rep from the tame police community. <laughs> I said the word. <laughs> hey, bro, you got a tank and something less than 200 gallons? Well, you're going to kill it. You're abusive. You're abusive. I'm not saying any of it. Not every, every person part of the tame police is like a, a dick, but like the people that like. Say, like, if I have a Tomini Tang and, like, a 55 with every intent of upgrading it or rehoming it, I would not... Well, you can grow out fish in smaller tanks. Whether people like to admit it or not, you can do it. Now, it's not recommended, but it can be done. I mean, I, I honestly, I wouldn't even say it's not necessarily recommended. It's not recommended for most people's situations. But for the guy who says, oh, I have a 30-gallon that I use, you know, just for some softies, and then as they get bigger, I put them into... You know, my my 450, my 200, something like that. That guy's doing it right. I'd recommend doing it for that guy. Um, I'd even, I really don't recommend it for the hobbyist who says, well, I, I, I plan on getting a bigger tank because the guy who plans on getting a bigger tank doesn't plan on all the kinks in life that are going to stop him from getting that bigger tank. But there are people that do it. So, I've been one of those people. I think all of us have been one of those people. Mm-hmm. Of course, then the email I ordered came in as a, as a six and a half inch fish instead of a two inch fish. Jesus Christ. So I actually had to rush to the reef. And I, I, like, before I ordered it, and I was like, and Kevin and Dad were sitting there just hanging out. I was like, I need a big tank. I need a tank. I mean, I got a big tank, man. It's like 55. I got a big tank, man. It's 55 gallons, bird. It's so cute. That's one you hear a lot too. Is what what do we call a big tank? Well, my least favorite. <laughs> I, I won't say like, I'm not gonna talk garbage on anything that's not really good. But like, if you come into a store wanting advice specifically pertaining to fish that can fit in a size tank, don't come in and then say, "Well, how big's your tank?" and then hold your hands out and it's like, "Oh, it's about this big." That doesn't give us any information like, <laughs> to I, go off of. I I I. I I can't, I can't and that really, <laughs> that's one thing where it takes that extra little bit of retail spice of like, all right, how do I educate these people? <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I do this? Where I'm, I'm not making them feel stupid. I'm actually educating because it can be hard because sometimes education and ignorance come hand in hand. And it's also like people that just obviously don't want to learn. Like they have no interest in learning. Well, it's the people that uh, well, the people that don't want to learn are typically either people that are lazy or the guys that think they already have the answer and then want you to confirm that answer, but don't want you to disagree with yeah. that answer. Because once you disagree with their answer, that messes up their plan and they don't want to do it at all. Mm-hmm. And they will keep asking the same question over and over until they get the answer they want. Absolutely. I will say, though, like generally in my experience, like I was a longtime customer at our work before working there. 
for every one customer that comes in that is just so, we're, like we have some of the most incredible like regular customers ever like some of the nicest oh we like, have an outstanding community and i will give the biggest shout out to the like for that is our longevity uh, oh yeah my my mom when i first started working at the reef she's like holy shit you're working at the reef that's been there since i she right. grew up in that area that's where my dad got all of his fish in the 80s like it's such for those of you who don't know our store has been opened up since 1965 um i don't think the original location of where we're at now was uh opened in 1965 i think that was opened in the 70s but the store and the general vibe of the reef has been around since 65. So, i will state this now for everyone that asks the bird is almost 20. uh I 20. How was this summer? We tell people she's 20 because we don't know her exact birthday, so we just tell people she's an eight-year-old baby. But she was half at the store in 2001. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we have a we have a big Scarlet McCall. She is the store mascot, has been there since, like I said, 2001. And um, that, that's the most frequently asked question we have. <laughs> she really does impress me. I don't throw up, like, some videos while we're talking about her just... Like the one that I got of her, and she's like on the shelf, and she starts picking up sponge filters and eating them across the, the aisle. Yeah, no, the bird was such a hit after 20 years, obviously. Um, that we just recently started like marketing her and making t-shirts, and I got one of the plushies. Yeah, and plushies, and, and they're very affordable plushies. Are those up on the website yet? I don't know, but I was surprised. I really thought when I saw them, I was thinking like that was gonna be like a thirty dollar plushie. This is only like twelve bucks. I've seen a lot of our stuff. Spaghetti stains. Well, because I wore a white shirt while eating spaghetti. Like, I'm, <laughs> all right, all right. It, it happens. Uh, I was surprised that it happened to three. No, it didn't happen. Like, it, like old stains. Oh, like, that's why it was a work shirt. Okay, okay. yeah, it's okay. a work shirt. I, I got you. I was making spaghetti one night, minding one tuna, and then blowing <laughs> a bunch of spaghetti sauce on myself, scalding hot spaghetti sauce on myself. But on top, so I just picked. I was like, oh, I guess I have to buy a shirt here and wear it, and I'm like. Uh, this is like a nice shirt that's like twenty bucks cheaper than going to like Arrowwood. I mean, you can get you can get a nice uh, reef apparel crew neck for thirty dollars, people. Yeah. It's like I a promise. We're not just plugging this because we work there. They're actually incredible. Uh, a specific one I love is our beanies. I wear our beanies a lot. Yeah, because yeah, during the winter, like they're you know they're, they're, kind of thick. they're thermal. Yeah, and they have that nice. Soft it's like a nice side. woolly uh, yeah. microfiber inside, it's soft on the ears. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get away from the 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 what is it? Not fish talk, I guess. <laughs> it says the reef on it, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. They're very very nice shirts. Yeah, that's anyways. If there's a podcast that's gonna be themed around drinking and talking, I think we're gonna be on tangents. Yeah, <laughs> so, just a little bit. Speaking of drinking, what are you drinking right now? Good job. Um. Oh yeah, of course. I actually forgot about that aspect. Uh, I am drinking Sunlight Cream Ale by Sun King. Uh, Shout out to my, Sun King. One of my absolute favorites. Let's uh, they're local Indianapolis. Sun King, so yes, they yeah, are. They're brewery. Yeah. So big shout out to them. I mean, small business stuff like that. It's very important. I mean, 
Well, I would say they're, I wouldn't even call them small, small anymore. Business. They've been the definition of like what a small business can become and be successful yes, and exactly. be better. So not yeah. Bud Light. Not Bud Light. It's not Bud Light. Also, something to come out of Indiana that's pretty rad. That does not happen often. <laughs> I think some people would even argue that the race isn't all that great at times. Hey, that's not the, I like the race. Indy 500. Hey, I didn't say I wasn't a fan of the race, but I know a lot of people don't want to go to the race and get hot and sweaty all day because I will gladly get like stage three sunburn to go watch some cars go in circles. It's a special kind of. It is special. It, that's that's the definitely Indiana like. I cherish every percent I've ever had there. I've had I've had a few good ones. And it used to be worse before we were old enough to even go. Yeah. It would be a lot worse. Oh, I can be one of those people now. You can get drunk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Indiana, we used to be like the cross. Well, let's get back on the the fish. (laughs) Stick to fish. Um. (laughs) Oh, my God. We totally lost it. We We totally derailed that. All right, let's look at the tank and pick a new theme. Hey, what are some of your favorites? This is like the Joe Rogan podcast. Like, we're we're at that level of quality. Right. Like I said, what's what are let's just name off top of the head top three favorite corals. One one from each category. Come on, we can do that. You you already know. I want you to guess. I'll see Uh, the rest. One from the Cookie Corps is for LTS. Yeah. For softies, it's gonna be Zealous for you. Yeah. No. 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 No, what would be your softy category? Mushrooms. Mushrooms? Oh. I mean, I've got, you see that, like, bounce mushroom I've got right there? Just just a little flex for the Okay, voice. that's a good one. Uh, and then, okay, now what about SPS? Because I have no idea what you'd pick for SPS. Um, ooh, that's a hard one, because I like a lot of SPS. But acros are going to be my favorite. Acros, yeah. Specifically, I think, I really like Kingfish. Okay. Hey, I don't know why, but. Okay. Uh, that's, that's a good that's a good pick. That's a good three. I mean, those are three solid, solid corals, especially like I mean, looking in his tank and seeing it's. He asked me to guess because his tank is ninety-five percent torch. You feel yeah. Uh, yeah, you feel you specifically, but a lot of these are torches. Let's let's not be fooled here. And then um, he has a whole corner just filled with zoas, <laughs> and then all the sticks. Because I was gonna say like, if you ask me just generally top three, it's gonna be torches, cross climbing. Right. Now, see, if I had to pick, like, one from each category, like, my favorite LPS, I'd have to give to either the fox coral, because I like fox coral, but that's still practically... You really, you really do like fox coral. I love fox coral, but that, I, I don't like that, because that's still practically just euphelia. Well, I would give my second probably, like, an LPS would be probably a hand of euphelia, the meat coral. I mean, it's so rad. Uh, meat coral out there for me. And trapezoria, like, I've got... Straits are up there. Lobos. Lobos in general. Lobos. Basically, I think what we're both trying to say is, if it's coral, we like coral. Yeah. But no, I think my favorite LPS, I'll give that to Fox Coral for now. My favorite SPS. Uh, probably like, I like Gibby Cotta a lot. I, I'm with you on that. I like that. I like a lot of Gibbies. I also like, and honestly, no, but actually, I'm going to change it later. I'm going to just say Monty in general, because plates are also really nice. Man, that one plate we have in the, at the reef in the 450. It's gotten huge. It has. Yeah, it's gotten so huge. Uh, and it's, it's impressively big for, I guess, an SPS, but this is impressively big for an SPS. Yeah, and it looks like 
straight out of Finding Nemo. It looks so good. The funniest thing about this thing is... Um, it, it was meant to be a red plate swirl mixed with a blue... Or a, I'm sorry, a green plate swirl. Monty board, both of them. The red completely <laughs> gave it out to me. Oh like, God. the green had a single plate that was doing solid. The red... Oh my god, the red com- completely shattered out that green. Maybe the biggest <laughs> colony of red uh, Monty ever. I don't crack that cracks me up about like the plate shelving Monty is like the fact that it's like the most self defeating coral. Oh, dude, it's like it grows on top of itself just to be better than the one underneath it. It's like it's so petty, just to collapse in on itself, <laughs> <laughs> it just grows in this bowl. It yeah. looks like, like a blooming onion almost. A boy with an onion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can suck it off and eat it like that, too. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's... I have so many... Well, are these toxic? Are these toxic? What happened to eat these? Just know. don't... Why, why, why are you questioning whether or not you can eat it? Yeah, like, here's, here's a fun fact. Cor- almost every coral is poisonous to you in some way or another. Oh, man. One of my favorite stories to tell people is... Um, a lot of people are, you know, they hear the stuff about cellulose, paleotoxins, they get worried, whatever. Paleotoxins are really not much to worry about with a little bit of common sense involved. That's common sense, right? I mean, it's not to worry about. Yes, but, yes, but it really just falls down to common sense at the end of the day. For example, I had a um, person uh, ask me one day, are paleotoxins actually scary? I uh, pretty much told them exactly what I just said. Like, they are scary, they are potentially dangerous, and will kill you under bad circumstances. Um, but just use common sense. And I, 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 my specific words to this person were, as long as you're not an idiot, you'll never get paleotoxin poisoning. They proceed to tell me, yeah, I just got over having paleotoxin poisoning. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I, I, feel like, I feel like an asshole. But what did you do? Their excuse, they were eating a sandwich during their water change and putting it on top of their tank. So they were doing a water change, moving around rocks, literally eating. I, I mean, this is like a bad joke. Yeah, but like, I can see like... No, don't, no, there's no excuse for putting a sandwich on top of your tank during a water change. Yeah, but, like, I'm not going to diss them. But, like, I will, I'll do it. They, no, they, they do eating, eating a sandwich. <laughs> sure. But, wait, were they, they like a paper plate? No, they put it on top of the, the canopy. Uh, also, if this person's listening, happens to the best of us. We love I mean, you. look, at the end of the day, I think we've all self-imploded. We, uh, yeah, that's what I was, the point I was trying to make was like, we've all done stupid shit like that. But like I think me, it's... My first, like, one of my first yeah. times working salt at the reef, me start, starting a scythe and out of like something that had bones <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah. Like... I, but I think it's fair to say that I, I I think every once in a while we need someone to push us and say, you're being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say to that person, if they hear this, they get mad, I'll buy you a beer. I'll buy you a beer. I know I'll buy you some Zoas. I, yes, <laughs> I will contribute to that. You're one of our, you, you contribute one of our best stories so far. Yeah, but no, uh, like I said, though, that comes, that, I, I still think that falls into the category of, just common sense. You probably shouldn't have food around your tank if you intend to be working in the tank. I'm trying to remember where, but like, where, what people used to like, they would get, they would like stab Zoas with their spears. Like they would stab Pally with their spears and they took their spears. I think it was Somali, right? 
I don't know anything about that, but I fully believe it. I don't have a Jamie, so we're going to pull up Google. So we're going to look up the Wanted Spears. I'm, I'm curious about this. I mean, there's a lot of cases of indigenous people from various places. Shit, man. Hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, Hawaii. interesting. So, warriors would overcome the kazoo and dip their spear tips into the pool for them to become lethal. I gotta feel bad for the guy who discovered Zoas or Poisonous. He probably died of the death. Like, his family was just, he started licking rocks and throwing up, and Greg yeah. died. That was <laughs> Shit's gonna go balls to the wall wrong at some point or another. Working in a retail store and seeing what we see, enough stuff goes wrong to where you really wonder how almost like the reliability of anything in any kind of like setting. Like there's so many things that can go wrong and so many small parts that can go wrong. It's like how how do we keep making reef tanks successful? And even more so after you see so many non-successful stories, seeing that person that goes, I'm going to say seeing the person that goes five years without a crash is impressive. Seeing that 10-year tank without a crash or that rare 20-year uh, tank with no crash, how do those people even exist? I don't know. I, I'm always don't. Like, that's one of the things I would tell anyone like, in, like that's working like at for like or even working like my coworkers at the Reef. When you have a guy come in with this crazy awesome tank that you think he's saying stuff that's crazy, don't disregard it. A lot of times those old guys who are saying stuff that don't make sense actually make sense. Yeah, they like, have some science behind what they're saying. Yeah, I we I've heard some crazy things, but when I've done research on them, like gone home, I'm like, man, that really stuck in my head. Like there's people out there that just have a solid understanding of it. Like yeah. the science like Every once in a while, uh, you'll go somewhere and see a really, really old aquarium book that looks like it's from the 80s. Pick those up. <laughs> yeah. Those are the books that have some really nice gems in them. Um, and that's where a lot of these old guys that we're talking about get their knowledge. Is so from. You, do you want to take your, uh, your reef-reefing book that I've had for like a year now? Oh, the ones that I gave you when yeah. you first started? I forgot about those. There's some really... There's some bad. Once again, there's some good stuff in there. What is it? One of them is... Uh, What's the series? The 101, 101 best nano reef fish. I don't care. Now, some damage, some damage on those books would be good. It'll give them a little bit of spice and flavor. I love bookstores, and I they're falling apart and going away. Buying like an antique book that's like full of character is such more of an interesting experience than just like getting on like a Kindle or like a phone. Yeah, yeah. I will it's, always it's a charm aspect. Of especially it. like when you pick up like you find like an aquarium book or something like that. You can see like the water change thing. <laughs> an aquarium book will it's a time machine. It is. It's and it has a, a uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd say it's a pretty 
Like aliens are gonna come here like a million years after we're gone, they're gonna pick up all these like old books, and it's gonna be like uh, War of the Worlds, where at the end, you know, it's like, ah, oh, shit, the aliens got the flu, they're all dead. We got them <laughs> jumping out of this one again. <laughs> they took it from me. Damn it. By the way, it's our runtime at. We're out on almost an hour. Oh, yeah, man. Fucking shit. I actually didn't realize it would been gone that long. Hi. Hey. I just never realized I have a mustache. You do have a mustache. Yesterday I didn't. Now I do. It's in my right team. Yeah, for those of you who have no idea who I am, uh, I have. I'm, I'm Sam, obviously, but I have. I have. <laughs> I have a big burly beard normally, and yeah, very. It's uh, very red, even though I'm not a redhead. But I have a big beard, and yesterday I, my girlfriend said she was running to the store, so I was like, "Man, that'd be funny." She got back. I had a mustache, and that's what happened. So what a way to say, man! Like she left and she was dating a Viking and she got back, she was dating Tom Selleck. <laughs> she went from like what's Hiccup's dad from Oh Mr. Hiccup's dad, that's yeah, name. Mr. Hiccup's dad. <laughs> <laughs> to fucking Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think that's an insult. Scott Pilgrim's handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Really possible. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Love you, Michael Sarah. <laughs> Cheers to Michael Sarah. <laughs> for a forever a mildly fruitful career in Hollywood. Right. That's I've seen him in shit recently. That's been so much. I think he had a six pack. Okay, no, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what celebrities have fish tanks. Shaq I'm like, does. who? Shaq is a huge fish tank okay. person. He loves aquariums. Shout out first to Shaq, my <laughs> man, but secondary shout out. Ohio Fish Rescue. You guys are the oh shit. Oh my god. I cannot wait to come visit yes. you. Yes. Uh, Ohio Big Fish Rescue. For any of the I do not think of a don't know. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know who they are, which is probably very few people nowadays, but Ohio Big Fish Rescue is a um, bunch of guys with uh, big fish and really big hearts who oh, live out god. in or Colorado. Definitely not Colorado. They live out in Ohio. Shocker. But. Um, they take the fish that people get sold irresponsibly, uh, your iridescent sharks, red-tailed catfish, and they give them big enough homes. Mm -hmm. So if you ever have a fish that's too big for you to manage and you live in the Midwest, you can take it to the Ohio Big Fish Rescue, and they will not belittle you for getting a fish that's too big for your tank. They will happily take it and allow you to come back and see it. They're some of like the best people. Big Rich, Josh, um, Turner, yeah. Because the reef, we actually... Tracy, yeah. Tracy, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I remember that. I was going to get on to that. Yes. Uh, so, Big Rich was by far, like, one of the... Kind of, he and his son... Big Rich, Big Heart. I two, really two cannot emphasize that. Two of the nicest people now. I've ever met in my life. Awesome, guys. They came out to the reef. Before I even worked there, I was helping them load up... Uh, I think it was a 500-something gallon tank. It was a big cube, yeah. And meanwhile, these huge guys with luscious hair get out of a truck. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, a like move tank. I was there to look, and I saw Josh. Like, he gave me a shout out. And like, Dude, yeah. he, he sent me a bunch of like Swedish fish and a t-shirt. Um, so, and then I met him again at uh, I met Big Rich at uh, Aqua Shop. Yeah. And like he actually took took the time to like 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, he's awesome. Yeah, he, he seems like a really nice guy. Oh my god, he's that very is, very he nice. Is so nice. But my favorite is like, oh, and also serving times. I met him. I was just talking to someone about that the other day, and I, I mentioned how jealous I was that you got to meet him, and I didn't because I would love to bounce some ideas off of him. Because well, literally, like, so first I walked up to him, and I was like, "Hey, man, can I get a photo?" Yeah. And like, and then I was like, "Man, I love your videos about moss." And I go out and like look at him. And then we ended up having like a 15 minute conversation about Moss and going fucking Aquashella. <laughs> Hold on, that's not the right place. And then he, I actually, he put the photo we took in one of his, his Aquashella video. <laughs> I know, I was so excited. I fucking love his channel. But, okay, sorry, back to Swisky, and then we'll go back to our part. My favorite story from Aquashella, though, is the fact that, so I'm saying that I just found a UNS tank for sale. Oh, I bought it. Nice. Uh, we actually had them to sell a week now. <laughs> Shout out to Reef. Shout out to Reef. Shout out to Kevin. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> but, um. I just hear fucking Noah! Noah! I spent two of my fucking, like, idols in this hobby sitting there like, where'd you find that tank? I'm like, oh, it's not down there. I just, just he's like, thanks. He takes off. Oh, oh <laughs> he's talking about Jimmy? Yeah. That's hilarious. Just the fact that one, he remembered my name. Two, he yelled it at me so he could he run saw the shirt tank. Or <laughs> saw the UNS tank. I'm like, I need it. I need it. <laughs> oh my. Uh, yeah, UNS tanks are awesome. I would have hunted those down too. <laughs> they are. But okay, so back to UFR. Um, yeah, Ohio for Bigfoot Trust. Man, that, they're they're great. And big shout out to Big Rich and you know, his wife Tracy, who's had uh, medical issues and. It's been a Made very, it's been a very uh, hard year for them, but they have taken it in stride. And, oh my god, dude! Um, yeah, they've just done awesome. Like, really, just thoughts and prayers out to them. They are great people. Oh yeah, and I mean, I, from what I saw, I saw like she's made like huge strides yeah. in recovery. So yeah, no, it's been very, very impressive. A strong family full of strong people. I think. Yeah. I think she'll she she will make a full recovery. That's what I pray every day for. But good lord, I mean, just talk about like people that just care yeah yeah definitely give love to them right now yeah it's, definitely it's an awesome place from every every aspect i will link um where i can their youtube channel um the facebook group actually um, we should probably link everything that we mentioned today as i will I, I, I will yeah, i'm gonna yeah. go through and like i'll hey sun king brewery all over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not sponsored by sun king but if you want to send me some free beer like go it'll get drinking go ahead. yes <laughs> go ahead please do well, man, like the Wee Mac and the Sacre Mail. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh man, yeah, I cannot wait to go to the far. Which we need to talk to our so he, he's down with that. We need to take a trip and go film a video. I need to take a full head catfish there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, don't don't accept native fish. Don't please don't because then they're a responsibility that's very hard to get rid of. Also, unless you're. Freaking rich or have a huge tank. Don't buy red tails, paku, lagos. Even if you do, still don't get them. <laughs> My number one recommendation: go watch every episode of River Monsters. If you see any fish in a fish store that you saw on River Monsters, don't buy it. Just, yeah. just walk away. Yep. Like it's just it. If it can eat a kid, probably not something you want in your fish store. <laughs> if it can eat a child, well, I, I know a lot of people who that would be their their pinnacle of like. I want something that can eat a child. Well, yeah, it's, it's cool as hell, but like... 
<laughs> I want the fish that can eat children. Like I've seen some people come in. It's like that red tail catfish. It's like they have a kid with. It's like, do you understand that? Could, like I'm gonna they could eat your kid. Like, I know that's how I'm gonna get him to behave. <laughs> threaten him. I don't know if you want parents with the bounce. Put you in the tank, Billy. Hey, Billy, go take a swim. <laughs> We're about that golden hour. Uh, yeah, I think we're at a. At a I, I'm gonna. I'm whether or not it's a good stopping point. I don't know, but we're at a stopping point. <laughs> well, what do you think? You got anything else you want to go over? No, really. I think for the first episode, I think this is kind of a good introduction to what it's gonna be. And yeah, there's really, there's no real structure to what we plan on. I I'm saying. Yeah, I want to. And. Yeah, and keep in mind, too, that uh, every podcast will probably be a little different because I'm not always going to be here. Sometimes there will be other guests. So, um, it should be exciting. Yeah, and I'm going to read So, I know the audio is pretty garbage for this episode, but uh, we've got equipment on the range to make it a little more bearable. Um, also, film some solo episodes where I have my headset on, and I'm going to have people in from like the aquarium community and do like, an open forum. Oh, yeah, open mic night. You know, like, like everybody get up on the shelf at the soapbox and talk about something they care about and how it's Absolutely. Um, and sometimes they can learn, but, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good time to do point for a podcast. I don't think are actually more freshwater aquarium keepers uh, than uh, the reefers. Don't make me admit this one. I, but I, 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 I'm kind of moving over to saltwater, man. I no, you know what? I don't think you need to apologize. I found a way to successfully say I enjoy both, and that's to say I like monster fish from freshwater, and I like my big cichlids. Way. But if I'm getting my community kick, I'm going to reef tanks because. Reef communities are better than freshwater communities. Everybody knows me locally as the fly guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I got customers coming all the time. Hey. I heard you got flower horns. I heard you got flower horns. It's like, yeah. I got coral too. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But I think that's where we'll wrap it up, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Tipsy Pet Show. Thank you to Sam for, oh, thank you for coming on after. I'm glad I was your first choice for the. Oh, I think it's only really natural. Uh, so we'll have these episodes out as frequently as we can. I think I would hope Sam will be if he wants to. No, not, not really. Yes. No, not. Oh, you're not coming no, back. What a terrible thing! I fed you pizza. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I came for the pizza. I came for the beer. And I came for the pizza. Whatever else there is, I don't care. Yeah, I'll talk about some fish. Whatever. <laughs> no, I actually didn't build that up, and I definitely would be more than happy to be back on at some point. We need to get you know who back on here. Absolutely. Yeah. We we got a real special guest in mind that would be real awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but keep posted on that. Real rock star. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a real rock star. Yeah. <laughs> <But> I think <laughs> that's a good place to end it. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Keep posting. Make sure to follow the Tipsy Tester on Instagram. Uh, on posting on YouTube under Noah's Aquatics. Make sure to subscribe there. Um, and make sure to check out, like we mentioned, the Reef Indie where both Sam and I work. Uh, we have the Reef Indie on YouTube. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, I'm pretty sure Dave has it up. I think it's literally every I'm pretty every sure platform. we have a goddamn MySpace. Probably. <laughs> but um, where you can probably see our faces and our core and our amazing store. I would also encourage anyone in the Indy area to come give us a visit if you haven't visited us yet. 
So, uh, you guys have a fantastic one, and we'll get this posted. Now, today I want to find the stopper.